Hello and welcome to the Style Stories podcast with me, your host, personal stylist, Lisa Gilby. This is a podcast that discusses style, image and fashion and aims to get you clear on your personal style so you can look at your wardrobe with fresh eyes and really narrow down all the choice in the shops to get a wardrobe you truly love. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by longtime collaborator, Teresa Claisner. She was the first ever guest I had on the Style Series podcast a while ago now, and she's joining me today to talk about colour. We cover using colour for storytelling, as it's just been used for storytelling in the Oscar-nominated movie, Poor Things. We also talk about colour analysis, so having your colours done, are you spring, summer, autumn or winter? And there's been a bit of backlash about that recently on TikTok and Instagram, that people say it's not worth knowing and it's nonsense, but I disagree, so we cover that. We also talk about colour psychology and how different colours can make you feel and how you have associations connected with certain colours. I know lots of people won't wear the colours of their school uniform, for example. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. This week on the podcast, I'm super delighted to welcome back long-time collaborator and my friend, Teresa Claisner. Teresa is a self-actualization coach, and she is going to be explaining to us what that means in a second when she introduces herself. But there would be no Style Stories podcast if it wasn't for Teresa. Teresa is the one who put a phone, thrust a phone in front of me in a cafe about five years ago and said, you, could, you should do a podcast. Um, if you listen back to those early episodes, you might be horrified. They were very, very ramshackle. But I tell you what, I'm really glad because you have to start somewhere. And the Style Stories wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Teresa. So welcome, Teresa. Thank you for coming back onto the podcast. Lisa, I mean, thanks for that little shout out. I mean, it just seemed the most obvious thing for you at that time to do a podcast because you're such a good talker and you've got a really lovely way with words and humour. And, you know, drawing that out in people, we just make people smile and laugh. So like you with your business and then, you know, a pod, combining that with a podcast just seems like, why aren't you doing this? It was great because in some ways you've got ahead of the game, haven't you? Because po- podcasts are exploding now. They are. Yeah. I, don't, I, never, but I never would have thought of it myself, honestly. It's just, it, this is why it's so important, you know, what I do as well, give people a different perspective on their wardrobe, but what you do, give people a different perspective on their mindset and the way yeah. they think about things. And it, yeah. it wouldn't have crossed my mind to start a podcast. So I needed someone to say that, and I'm so glad you did. And you were yeah. my first ever guest, basically. Yeah, I think you came into my back garden and we all sat around the table and we talked about, that one moment in time that defines our personal style. And that's funny because we could all instantly recall that moment, that one moment that had real impact and significant for us. And yeah, I mean, um, you know, in a way when I'm coaching, I I also use that strategy because I invite people to think back to the first time X happened, you know, when somebody's describing um, you know, maybe where, what they struggle with. When did you first struggle with that? And there's always a moment that you can go back to. Uh, and it's stuck. It's, you know, it's that moment in time that resonated and had a massive impact. And yeah, so it's not dissimilar the way we go about doing things. Well, that was the concept of the Style Stories podcast, wasn't it? What was your style story? Where was a pivotal moment in your life where you realised how you wanted to dress and mine was buying a pair of Dr. Martin Chelsea boots yeah 
I wasn't this Essex girl wearing heels. Yeah. What else around me was dressing. Yeah. On tube dresses and, you know, all of that stuff. I was I was the Chelsea boot girl. Yeah. And when I realised that, the, you know, the doors opened for me and I felt more like myself. So there is a pivotal style moment in everyone's life. Yeah. And mine, because nobody's probably going to go back and listen to it now, was when I was... Oh, I think I was about 11 and my friends invited me around to her house and I had the clothes, which now, you know, from a charity shop would have been uber cool. My mum got me this awful crinoline sort of patchwork dress with a bow at the collar. I'm like, I'm like 11. And my friend, who actually I was at the cinema with last night, so she didn't hate me for it, um, had, it was the 70s, had big wide jeans, platform cork shoes. And a sort of small little vest top with cat sleeves. Oh my God, I felt awful. I felt so wrong. So I changed. <laughs> well, in the past. Yeah, I was like, oh no. Oh God, I'm actually wearing flares today. So it's all typical. Yeah, all comes back. I love my flares, my Lionel Blairs. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. Um, so self-actualization coach because you are the resident mindset coach here on the styles through podcast and mindset is everything mindset can hold you back it can propel you forward it can tell you stories that are not true you know all of these things the mind plays tricks on you and is such a powerful voice for all of us but you say self your self-actualization coach what what does that mean well uh, well you know when you start training for a coach to be a coach you kind of you know, you kind of shoot from the hip. But what you realise is once you've done your training, you're going on a journey yourself and you get um, sort of more into other kind of mechanisms for coaching and you eventually work towards something that really lands with you, feels authentic. I've um, done a lot of training with a, an American psychologist called Scott Barry Kaufman and he's into self-actualization. And, you know, his message and his trainings is what really, really landed with me. So self-actualization coaching, it kind of um, enables people to, you know, a bit of a wanky word, purpose, but connect with their purpose, find out who it is that they are, who do they want to be, how do they want to show up in the world, when are they feeling their best, because I know when people are feeling their best, they're going to be their best. So I think Scott describes it as finding your most alive and creative centre of being. And I'm, I'm down for that because I've always been about that. And that's kind of put it in a really tidy framework for me, uh, which enables me to kind of shout louder about what I do in the coaching space. So finding people's most alive and creative centre of being. And I think that's where you and I connect on this, uh, you know, fashion message. And I know today we're going to talk about colour. And from my personal point of view, colour is where I find my most alive and creative centre of being. Um, I started with lipstick, but it sort of bled into what I wear. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this sort of conversation, see where where we're going to excite your listeners and, you know, where it's going to take us. Yeah, definitely. I always love having a chat with you, Teresa, but it's, it's where our worlds collide kind of thing is. Yeah. We did that Style Power series before lockdown. We actually went in person to people and did some workshops where you were talking to people about how to find your authentic self from the inside and I was talking about how people can look their authentic self from the outside so that everything is one whole 
package, then you feel, you yeah. know, really like whole almost, yeah. you know. That, that That's kind what of clothes do, isn't it? It's kind of, I've, I always say clothes are you without words, you know? So yeah. that massive communication piece. So, you know, what you choose and what you decide to, work, to wear is actually sending a massive message to, you know, people that you're going to go into their space and share space with them. It's how you want to uh, give the message that this is me, you know? Yeah, this is who I am. And, you know, today we're talking about colour. So this podcast is is focused around colour. Mm. And I've actually been been seeing, talking of being your authentic self and all of this, um, there's been a few stylists kind of going out on TikTok and on Instagram saying that colour analysis, which is the... Um, it's basically when you get your colours analysed yeah. and you are pegged as one of the four seasons, so your spring, summer, autumn or winter, yeah. that it's a load of nonsense and that um, you shouldn't do that because it means that you can't then dress your authentic self because you're sort of being forced kind of into a box. Mm. But I, dis I disagree and I want to talk about colour and the importance and the joy of colour today and the understanding of it as well. Yeah. It's not about that. Just if you get your colours done, right, so you get colour analysed mm. by an expert or whatever, mm. and then you find out you're a spring, for example, it's a guide. It's just a good guide. Some people love to have, some people love things to be neatly packaged up with a bow on top and they like that guidance and it helps them. People who really struggle with, visual creativity maybe you know because we've all got differently wired brains you know some people love to have that as I will only wear my spring colors if that's you great go for it other people it's a guide style's more important personal style definitely but finding your colors is a tool that you can use to help narrow down choice and help with decision fatigue when it comes to getting dressed i couldn't agree with you more it's it's a choice at the end of the day you know when when we're coaching we use a lot of tools and some things resonate with people and they go nah that just didn't land for, for me um and some things do and the thing is it's not uh, a right or wrong it's just engaging in the in the process, you're starting to have that internal conversation with yourself. What do I like? What works for me? Whether you like it or whether you don't like it, it's all really good information. I mean, I had my colours first done probably about 30 years ago, and it was a pivotal moment for me because I really uh, began my journey of connecting with colour. Um, I don't think I ended up using those colours or even knowing what category I fitted it into. But what I knew was I became aware of colours. It started a conversation with me. And yes, it's neither right nor wrong. If I had never been curious and, you know, wanted to find out, well, I wonder where I would have been now 30 years later. But it's just a process of engaging with where does this fit with me you know do I like it do I not like it and all of that is useful information yeah anything that, that more deep more deeper knowledge about yourself is always you know it's all useful I mean you yeah. whenever I see you in bright colors whenever you know you said you use lipstick you are the lipstick queen you've got so many lipsticks yeah. like literally every color but it's bright that suits you I can't you know you wouldn't be in some sort of pale pink pastel pink lipstick that'd be dreadful you know you suit the really hot pinks the tomato reds like all of those 
pops of colour on your big juicy lips. They look great. I've got thin lips, so I avoid the bright colours. But you can no. rock it. Yeah, yeah. I, d I don't know where. Ah, oh, yeah. I think my 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 nana, God rest her soul, used to go for the real bright lips, and she used to talk about her cupid's bow. So from a very little girl, I was aware of this sort of shape of the lip and how she, I used to watch her. Um, put on a, a sort of really, you know, gaudy, sugary candy pink. Because there was a real choice of colours there. But I think somewhere in my soul I must have loved that because I remember being quite obsessed with watching my mum, how she put on her lipstick. So I think it was just a thing for me. When I could go and choose my own lipsticks, man, I was just going to go for it. You were gonna go, and then now you—that's bled out. Like it's not nice to say bled out, is it? That's not a nice turn of phrase. No, it's, let's not let's ignore that. I'll I'll try and edit that out. It, it, it now moved into your wardrobe. The colour—that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, it's been a marriage. Yeah, and how does that? Do Do you think that's really part of your personal style? It is. It, yeah, colour for me, I would say, is my personal style. Because I said earlier on, it's me without words. And sometimes, you know, when I go into situations, I know I'm, I am an extrovert on some levels, but in other levels, I'm an introvert. And sometimes, I, you know, I don't want to have, well, what I definitely want, don't want to do is have to explain who I am. But actually, I feel that the colours I choose and the you know, not not so much the cut with me, but the colours literally do give a hint, more than a hint, of of who I am and how I want to be in that space. Thousand percent. You know, I I sometimes try and not use the colour thing because it's almost becoming like a thing. People comment, "Oh, trees are colours are colours," and I kind of don't want to get labelled as like one dimensional in terms of what I wear, especially like listening to you. You know, are you in a style rut? So I kind of think, okay, let's mix this up. I'll put this. I have got uh, blacks and greys, but literally my mood it affects my emotions. My mood sinks. So if I am wearing a darker colour, I have to put on, you know, the coat or at least the lipstick, somewhere, you know, handbag, somewhere there's got to be that really energetic, bright kind of colour which makes me feel alive. That's what it is at the end of the day. For me, it feels a bit like life and death, dare I say. I have to sort of feel that connection with energy and, you know, sense of spirit and engagement, all of that. And I do that with colour. Well, that's like you're a part of your identity. Like, you know, I talk about the style words. If if we were doing style words for you, vibrant would be one of them. And I would describe your personality as vibrant. As John, you know, and you 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 do use colourful language sometimes as well, Teresa. I do. Yeah, I did promise your eyes and lipstick. As you know, and you might have started this, but there is something about Miriam Miriam Margulies. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why do people think I'm like her? I think it's a swearing. It's a swearing. Swearing. Yeah, I'm unapologetic about that. <laughs> it's your potty mouth. That's what it is. Where word will do. You know, it's very expressive, and yeah, you, I would definitely describe you as expressive, and yeah. you know, in the vibrant thing. But we actually, you know, we're talking about color analysis here. Yeah. I actually incorrectly analyzed. Teresa 
And after, and I'm holding my hands up to that, I just trained. I'd literally just trained mm. as an image consultant. So that's different to my training as a personal stylist. Mm. This was going back probably 16 years now. And Teresa was my guinea pig when I came out. And I and also another friend of ours, Rachel Knights. Hi, Rachel, if you're listening. And I, I incorrectly analysed both of them because I was just learning. And it actually t- is quite hard to get it right and I've I've seen there's a big trend at the moment about colour analysis on TikTok and you need to filter and put your face in the colours and work out which colours you are and the comments underneath everyone's like I don't know what the hell this is I can't work this out it's actually very difficult I think on a video camera it's difficult but now obviously I've got lots of experience I can work it out but I analyse Teresa as an autumn yeah and you are a spring, and the, the key differences, and I'm just going to go through quickly the, the yeah. reasons for listeners at home so you can sort of work out what you are, that you suit brights, you really suit brights, so muddy colours, so autumn is sort of muddy colours, browns, olives, those sort of flat colours, muted. Mm-hmm. Although they're warm with yellow undertones, and I'll explain that in a minute, which is correct, you, you'd come yeah. alive from the brights. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, and I used to wear the kind of quite heavy Julie colours. I think I got... I yeah, yes, exactly. It was a fine line between, uh, I think, to be honest, when somebody said to me, oh, jewel colours, I thought, oh, bing. I connected with the word jewel, which to me was sparkly. Bing. Yeah, but yeah, those colours actually were too too deep too dark for me yeah well they're too blue they're too blue and that will drain someone who's warm so yeah yeah basically you're either cool or you're warm you're gold or you're silver so you Teresa and I are both springs which means we have warm golden undertones in our skin yeah. so we suit colors um well we suit clear bright colors so turquoise coral orange yeah. um apple green you know, different greens will suit you. So if you're an autumn, you will suit an olive green. If you're a spring, you'll suit an apple green. There has to be some brightness in there. Yeah. So it's matching the characteristics of colour with you and your skin tone. So Teresa has got yellow undertones in her skin. I've got yellow undertones in mine. So you're either gold, you suit gold, or you suit silver more. So that's a good test to do. Silver slightly drains me and gold is yeah. more in harmony with my natural skin. So on YouTube, I'm just showing the, yeah. the silver drenching Gold. Ah, oh, okay, perfect. Gold, kind of goldy, satiny. Yeah, because the thing is, inherently, deep down, so people are going on TikTok using these colour analysis filters, and there are some great resources there. Mm. Uh, but it is tr- it's difficult to know. You've got to just listen to your gut, and you've just got to look, look in the mirror and think, I I feel alive in that colour. Colours that suit you will make you look your lips look pinker, your cheeks look pinker. It will make your eyes pop. Colours that don't suit you will drain you and highlight shadows on your face and make you look tired. I mean, there is a whole science behind colour psychology. I mean, these things aren't just pulled out of nowhere just to sort of yeah. generate some revenue for the fashion industry. There is actually some deep science about uh, colour psychology. Um, 
but there's also a lot of uh, psychological work done around the emotions that you connect with colour. So I'm, I was curious about that, Lisa, like, you know, if you get your colours done, uh, some of the colours in that palette you're going to have an emotional response to and maybe you might have an emotional response to some colours from another palette. And what are your sense of actually, you know, using another colour just because you feel you connect to it emotionally, but maybe it's not been in your colour palette? Yeah, I think I think that's important because because how you feel in what you wear is the most important thing. Yeah. So don't if you know if you want to have a little swatch book of your colours as a guide, I think that's brilliant. I think don't live by it. You know, I've got a swatch book here, which is which is summer. So, you know, you get a nice little swatch like this, which shows you all your most flattering colours. And in theory, you should just wear your most flattering colours around your face. Yeah. And if you like wearing black, crack on. I just think, it was, you know, it doesn't matter. Black's always going to be chic. And I definitely don't like every colour in the spring palette. I wouldn't wear orange, even though I really, really suit orange. Because I just think I look like I work for EasyJet and I don't really like orange. Or it's like a bit Tibetan monk. I, I don't, I'm not really into it. Isn't that so interesting? That is your connections. Yeah. The words you use. The words that come out of our mouths are crucial. They're massive clues. I use that in coaching. Often I only listen to the words people use because they tell you everything. And you're saying there, your links with orange are easy jet and Tibetan monk. <laughs> Whereas for me, it's something completely different. Orange for me is real electricity. It's real energy. Uh, you know, it's one of that, you know, I described earlier, I feel sort of alive and actually, yeah, really creative. Isn't that funny? Orange, I think, in the sort of psychology palette is, is actually connected with cheap. Is it? I mean, let's go through some colours because we're... We're talking about colour analysis here and finding out if you're one of the four seasons helpful as a guide. You know, there's a background yeah. at the moment. You know, I've heard people saying, oh, colour, I couldn't. They're not generally, you know, colourful and it's not seen as chic and all of that kind of stuff. But it, it's flattering and you can use it to stand out in certain situations. We'll, and we'll go back yeah. to that. But there, there's colour psychology, there's colour theory and there's colour analysis. And colour psychology, yeah. what Teresa's talking about how colours make you feel and how you connect with those colours, which is really important. But people use colour psychology in branding as well. Colour theory, that was something that was uh, first noted. I've got 1666 by Isaac Newton. Yeah. It was the colour wheel and colours that go with each other. So if they're opposite yes. on the colour wheel, they tend to go together. You've got your primary yeah. colours, your secondary colours and your tertiary colours. And then colour analysis is what I'm talking about in a fashion sense, so having your colours yes. analysed. Yeah. But with uh, colour psychology, yeah. we'll play a quick game. Yeah. We'll say colour to you and you have to say three things and you say colour to me. Three things that pop into your head, that colour. Oh, let's go for it, yeah. Makes you feel a quick pop quiz. So, blue. Blue is cool, calm, it's measured, it's serene. Um, of course, I'm thinking now of a, of a pale blue. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a navy blue. I'm thinking uh, sort of solitude, loneliness, which sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? But that's what's coming up for me emotionally. I think the blue, the navy blue, 
and you've talked about this before, is a school vibe. <laughs> For me. Four uniform vibes. Yeah. Whereas the pale blue uh, feels watery, lovely. I, yeah, yeah, blue. And what Yeah, so, so in the colour psychology, um, most companies use blue because it means trust, loyalty, dependability, logic, serenity and security. It also means cold, emotionless and unfriendly. Of course, because there's a yin and a yang, there's a, you know, to everything. So with these colours, yeah, what's going to be great about it is also going to be, you know, there's going to be some flip sides and dark sides. Positives and negatives, but, you know, when you're feeling blue, you say, I'm feeling blue, blue Monday. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. The, the sort of the things that have slipped into our, our stories and our culture about words actually have a massive impact, don't they? I was going to ask you, but what does purple say to you? So purple to me is royal, regal, old lady. That's it. <laughs> They're the things that just popped into my head. I I don't like purple very much. I, it feels sort of. I think my granny, my granny. You you associate things with people as well, and people people won't wear their school uniform colours. Right, so say they went to school in a purple uniform, which a school near us here they have a purple uniform. People won't won't wear it. Listen, I want to talk to you about the purple because I went to see Poor Things last night, and uh, the you know the fashion and the colours, the palettes in there were amazing. I mean, mostly uh, I listened to a podcast with Hannah Wad Wadlington, Wadlington, who designed the clothes. A lot of the clothes were designed to match the set. Um, but she used a lot of pale blues and pale yellows. So if you see the film, you'll understand her choice of colour um, for that journey that um, this young girl went on. But there was also a couple of scenes which were very dark and um, sort of alluded to another time in this girl's life. And she chose really dramatic colours for that, a dark purple. What, like primary colours or just like a strong... Well, the for the main narrative of the film, the colours were like sugary almondy colours. They were very sweet and calming and lovely and a little bit joyful but young. But then, then there was another part of the film where they alluded to dark times, uh, toxicity, um, kind of, you know, a bit danger. And then she was in these dramatic purple colours. Fascinating. I love that. It was so fascinating, yeah. That the telling through colour. Exactly that, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that really does strike a message. You know, you are, you know, giving out this message in your choice of clothes. I mean, red's interesting. You're wearing red now. But, you know, there's, you know, and we're coming up to Valentine's Day, aren't we? So it's, you know, love, passion, but it's also <clears throat> danger, beware, you know. Excuse me, coughing, but yeah, it is. It is. I've, I'm sort of blending with my Bowie, David Bowie wallpaper that I've got in the background oh, on the screen. I, I do like a bit of red, and if you've got blue eyes, red really suits people with blue eyes because it makes your, your eyes pop. They're opposites on the color wheels, so they, they match really, really well. So, so orange, I'm going to say orange to you. Tell me what you think of with orange electricity, energy. I'm thinking of wildflowers, marigolds, meadows, um, 
yeah, just I, I feel like you know I want to say the sun, but I know the sun's yellow. But I'm thinking of that that time of you know sunset, sunrise. That's what orange um, is to me. It's kind of vital and quite crucial. Not easy, Jet. I think I might have a bit of a thing about orange. I think I'm. I think slightly upset. For you, isn't it? Easy Jet and and what was it? M monks. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not a look I want. When I put my clothes on, and I think of my three words. I don't think yeah. Tibetan monk or easy jet. It's not really, a, it, doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me. I'm not no. vibing with that. No, but I find, what I find really interesting is the words that you describe to use the colour. So what I'm actually secretly doing is listening to kind of key words that actually says to me a lot more about, what you feel and what you think. And it's really interesting that you picked up on those words, easy jet and monk. What was, what was, yeah, Tibet, specifically Tibetan monk. Yeah. And my association with oranges, with the color oranges, is completely different. So I just think the words we use to describe things are absolutely fascinating. And more, actually, more than that, they, they tell a lot. So, you know, we were saying about weren't we opening the wardrobe and see see what emotions that evokes, but also what are the words you would use to describe those colours? They they're literally like windows to your soul, I think. And I don't know. I was in America recently and I was watching the news, and all the newscasters looked exactly the same. They all had those Victoria Beckham esque old school block colour dresses that you know oh they all, almost look like a uniform for broadcasting telling the news and it just I it seemed to me to not I don't know do you need to be creative or feel you know connected to who you are as a person when you're delivering the news maybe not maybe there's something about the uniform that enables you to be in a work mode or a serious mode um you were saying something about The Apprentice, weren't you? Well, this I've actually watched the first episode of The New Apprentice here in the UK, and um, they are still wearing what they wore when the show launched 18 years ago. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was mm -hmm. like being assaulted by primary colours when I turned the TV on last night. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, then, and actually, I would, you know, you, association is such a powerful thing, so people won't wear colours that were their school uniform for example because they don't want to feel like they're back in school certain colours will make them feel that that you know they'll take you back like smells really evoke memories colours can evoke memories and take you right back to school and you might not want to be there and where you've moved on you're an adult now but on The Apprentice they were wearing block colour shift dresses and I thought American newsreader that's exactly what I thought yes yeah, I was literally blown away by the sort of uniformity of it all. Actually, I think here in the UK, they've got a bit more of a creative license to, it feels like the newsreaders have their own unique style. But yeah, yeah albeit it's kind of for, formalish, you know. But yeah, in America, it was just, everyone had, you, do you know what I mean? Those kind of crew neck dresses, block colour, slight little pin tucks around the neck. Yeah. They, well, they were streets ahead of us in colour analysis. It was, you know, I've said on here before, it was 
in the 80s that it came over from America. But I think they all get colour analysed. And you're right, there's lots of block colours. So I associate, you know, helmet hair as well, perfect hair. <laughs> the Americans are groomed within an inch of their life. I do respect that. Like when you watch the, their TV shows, so much more glossy than yeah. ours. Yeah. I mean, you, your job, Lisa, when you go out styling people, you're actually styling people often for the workplace, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just curious about that. Where, where are we in terms of what's formal, what's the right thing to wear in a business sense? You know, these days, post-COVID, you know, I don't know, like it feels like here, I don't know, things are way more informal and almost like... Um, you know, sort of individuality is honoured above something that feels corporate and uniform. Yeah, I, th I mean, I think we're different, you know, to to the French, to the to you know, all sorts of different. Definitely to Americans in that way, where we're just more relaxed and anything goes with our style. And I, but I think at work that makes it a minefield because it's easier if you can put on a uniform and conform and be the same as everyone else and just put your suit on. But, you know, I just think smart separate's the way to go. So it's smart casual. You know, just don't do matchy-matchy, but suits are worn now in quite a trendy way. But the, the the way they were wearing them on The Apprentice was 20 years ago. I mean, it was, like, shocking. I was just like, why are they still wearing exactly you the same? You there, uh, Lisa. But it's like that thing, you know, Obama says, doesn't he, that he always wore exactly the same suit every morning because that meant it was less decisions he had to make. Decision fatigue, yeah. So people yeah. get overwhelmed with that, especially when they've got a lot of pressure at work. And you, you yeah. know, but I mean, I wouldn't personally be able to wear the same thing every day. I'd be bored, senseless. I like the variety and the, the excitement of different yeah. outfits. And I think what you and I are both trying to say here in, in the different roles that we have, me as a coach and you as a stylist, is actually we're trying to connect to people's true sense of self and their own unique identity. And, you know, fortunately, we can actually do that with clothes. So we've got another tool in our closet to be ourselves and, you know, to find a way that kind of works for us saying more than we feel that we can say, you know, without having sort of, you know, clothes as a as a way of expressing who we are. I mean, definitely 100%. But, you know, I think as well, you mentioned to me before we actually started recording about why the sort of serious colours or colours that are like grey, beige, like those are the only colours that are taken seriously, you know, yes. in, in like a business environment, which is why traditionally they have been the corporate colours. Yes. But now there is no need to dress in such a conformist way. It's no. definitely changed since since the pandemic. I mean, I think of dressing head to toe block colour. It's not my vibe anyway, even though I suit bright colours. I think children's TV presenter, I think American, you know, newsreader. I think things like that. I, th I think red blazer, for example. I've got a thing about a red blazer because I think Virgin Airways hostess. <laughs> yeah. I would not wear a red blazer. Is there, is there anything that... I think people, I hear a lot more rhetoric now about people appreciating people's difference. You know, there's so much neurodiversity now, almost to the point of, is anyone atypical? And, you know, going alongside that, I, I just feel there's this sense of it's okay to be you, it's okay to be unique. And, you know, when people show up 
what you know wherever it is and they've got look like they've got something about them that sort of evokes curiosity from whoever is sharing their space that's kind of interest that's kind of interesting now previously in years gone by that would have been seen as a total no-no but quirks and kinks and individuality is really, I think, the, the you know, the name of the game at the moment. It's the way to go and do it with the new clothes, yeah. And I think the new generation really are, you know, feeling that. They don't want to be wearing this sort of old corporate suits. I know lots of, yeah. I understand lots of environments, you know, if you're working in, in a New York law firm or a law firm, you do need to toe the line to an extent. You do, you have to dress for your day and for your environment definitely you know that's really important but it's just a lot of people been saying on social media the apprentice looks dated and it looks you know from from the past and it does and I think a big part of it is because of what they're wearing but also color just another thing on color is that it can remind you of an era so if I said the 70s to you what color would you say would you associate with the 70s well I'm kind of got uh Alison Steadman coming into my head. What was that? Uh, Abigail's party. I've got the whole of the, the that living room, which was kind of like browns and oranges, sort of chevron. Side a pair of shoes, brown and orange chevron shoes. They weren't very cool then at the time. Um, yeah, so kind of like a muted, like dull colours. Yeah, so 70s, I think, brown. It just, to me, the 70s is brown. The 80s is sort of day glow. Yeah, yeah. Um, The 90s could be day glow because of rave culture. But then when I think of films, because you were talking earlier about how they use colour to do storytelling in poor things. But, you know, like a Wes Anderson film. Think about a Wes Anderson film. Yeah, fantastic. That sort of sepia kind of... yeah. Or who's the guy that did the um, the one in the desert, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? I can't think of the director, but that was very kind of ice cream colours and, you know, that kind of camp. Yeah. So, you know, with colours. So you just create this feeling and this vibe. And you were talking about poor things, about the, the fashion in it. Yeah, I mean, it was actually quite incredible, this sort of juxtaposed of Victorian style, very corseted, uh, you know, um, head to toe, kind of gaudy, heavy, heavy fabrics. But then in the film, that was totally mixed up with kind of modern and but also brought fresh colours to that era, which were lovely, like sugary almond colours, really pale baby blue, really lovely pale yellows and mango-y sort of yellow. There was a gorgeous coral colour as well, but kind of light. It all felt like they had fresh air and aliveness breathed into those colours. And in the film, I think they were used to signify youth and innocence and exploring and curiosity. So there was was a link to that. But there there was also a part of the film where it was, um, you know, uh, she was taken back to a time in her life that was very dark very toxic and almost menacing and then the colors were like heavy crimson dark yes. purple yeah. you know what I mean dark colors and i found that fascinating how that just by using color you can give a, you know a whole story um, that goes alongside the narrative of the film really and i've heard, I've heard there's excellent statement sleeves in that film which i think is worth a mention 
There were. And I really felt like, God, this is definitely going to filter down to the high street because there were these, you know, like big, huge, over-exaggerated leg of mutton sleeves where the, you know, you can probably see him with my sleeves. They kind of come to, came up really high and then from the elbow down, really, really tight, but also lots of structure and texture within that. And I think, you know, you know, sleeves can make something very ordinary seem absolutely quite fantastic and quite unique. I know I've got quite a few of those like bell sleeves at the moment, just because it just elevates something, you know, a standard, you know, blouse or something that you might wear a lot, but it just gives it that added twist. And, you know, the styles that were in uh, Poor Things, for example, I can really see, you know, those things being picked up by Zara, say, for example. I'm all over it. I'm all about a statement sleeve. I love a statement sleeve. I love a pussy bow blouse. It just takes it out of the ordinary. You know, when, when I see someone that wears something like that, I think, I want to be your friend. I want to know more about you. Yeah. And another thing they had loads of was ruffles. Don't yeah. Say, yeah, and little boleros, but fab colours, you know, giving a hint of, like, gorgeous ruffles underneath. Um, and I, I saw, I'm sure I saw a pale blue on one of the, I haven't seen the film, but I think I saw a still from the film where she was wearing, like, a little sort of net blue dress and little Mary Jane shoes, almost like a doll. Yeah. A little so cute. And actually, yeah, you're not wrong there by saying like a doll, because in the film... <clears throat> She's portraying a very, her as a very young character. I won't give anything away if anyone wants to go and watch the film and hasn't yet. But yes, she's kind of inhabiting a very young body. And so a lot of the um, the colours and the styles were sort of not, although it's set in the Victorian age, it was really funked up for the modern generation and she, she wears these boots actually throughout that's interesting she didn't switch up her shoes much but the pair of boots she had were just like to die for like sort of creamy patently ankle boots really nice that sounds gorgeous I've actually got a really lovely caramel patent pair of ankle boots from Suzanne they do like cream patent ankle boots so nice I want all of that to filter onto the high street because I've noticed that influencers are wearing lots of grey and beige and it's just like a sea of grey and beige and black red is the colour of the season so there are definitely drops of red in there but unfortunately lots of fashionista influencers just dress the same you know it's kind of like the oversized blazer yeah, the jeans, the kind of, you know, there's like a, that's a bit of a uniform to me. And someone who's a fashionista you'd think would be more individual, but the colour palette is definitely quite bland at the moment. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've looked around quite a bit, you know, just like you do. You kind of go browsing or window shopping, don't you? And yeah, to me, it seems like there's lots of muted sort of beiges, greys, the colours that I wouldn't necessarily go towards. And I'm also actually quite fascinated. I don't know what you think about this is that the use of denim now is really, you know, everywhere, isn't it? In all kind of fabrics. So, no, sorry, not fabrics, in all kind of styles. Denim. Um, lots and lots of denim everywhere. There's lots of indigo denim this season, yeah. like really, really dark indigo. So it's sort yeah. of gone back to that. Yeah. It's a massive staple for me. But um, yeah. you've got a friend that does trend. Does she do trend forecasting? She does, actually. And I find this the really fascinating thing, that trends are forecasted way in advance, you know, before they even hit the high street. And what feeds into that is the whole kind of picture of what's going 
on in the world um you know what's where's that reflecting not just you know on, on a catwalk but even well I mean even somebody like McQueen um in fact he there was a lot of nod to him in that film um you know, would have taken their influence from all kinds of areas, whether that's historical or from the street or from politics, uh, music, you know. There's so many things that feed into what actually shows up on the high street. And I have a friend, this is what she does for a job. And I just find it fascinating that, um, you know, what we wear now has actually been thought through, you know, you know, so much in advance, yeah. Just at least eighteen months, at least, well, probably two years before it reaches us. So I sound like I want to see the film. It sounds intriguing, but I need to know, Teresa, how long is the film? I won't see a film that's longer than I've got a cut-off point. What's your cut? My cut-off. I can't sit in. They're all three hours now. It drives me mad. Is it three hours? I'm not going if it's three no, hours. It's definitely not three hours. I'm a bit like you. Do you remember we went to watch a film together and we both nearly stabbed ourselves because we were. And then, our, and then your car broke down. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a, yeah. Okay. I mean, if I could have watched it without noticing the time, then then we're good to go, I think. I, yeah, didn't, yeah. I don't know how long it was, to be honest. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah, that film we went to see, it was everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Um, I, which is a favourite of my husband's and my son's. But, um, yeah, we, we didn't love that film. Yeah. Um, anyway. Not a film podcast, a fashion podcast. We've been talking all about colour. Thank you so much. It's been such an interesting discussion today. Thanks, Teresa, for joining me. Loved it. Always love it. Thanks, Lisa. Oh, I really enjoyed today's discussion. I hope you found that interesting. Thanks so much to Teresa Claysner for joining me. And I will put her Instagram and website in the show notes so you can follow her there. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, please do hit the follow button and leave me a review. I would be so, so grateful. A quick shout out to Kerry Suter, who just left me a really great review. Thanks, Kerry. I'm so glad you're enjoying the podcast. And I really hope I have pronounced your name correctly. As ever, if anyone's got any ideas or things you'd like me to cover on the podcast, please get in touch. Lisa at Lisa Gilby Style. I'm always looking for new content and I'll see you next time.